Poor Jen forgot to hit record and we were five minutes in. It's been a real I mean, long week. It happened to me the other day. So, but you know what? This is great news because I can sing to you again. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Take me home. Oh, country roads Please don't. To the place I belong. I don't want to belong there. West Virginia. Ugh. Why does there need to be a West Virginia? Mama. That's a very good question. Ugh. Take me home. Country I mean, roads. As long as I don't have to go down to country home, I would love to go home. You you live in the middle of nowhere though, so you have to do country roads. Oh, I love it, but I'm a hermit. It's the best. Well, that's also where serial killers live. But anyways, we're ready to dive into our next discussion. You know what? Serial killers might be better than the one book we read. I I won't disagree with you on Mm. that one, actually. Mm. Anyways. Uh, Yeah, we're ready to dive into a book discussion for cowboys. So pony on up and let's roll. Giddy up. Hey there, romance nerds! Welcome to another episode of Raging Romantics. I'm Jen. I'm Jackie. We are librarians at Northern Onondaga Public Library, and we are also romance nerds. Now, if you're wondering what this podcast is about, wait for it. Romance! Specifically, the romance genre of books. We are going to be talking about anything and everything having to do with romance. So with that being said, sometimes our material will be a little too sensitive for younger readers. If you feel the need to wait until they go to bed, we will be here for you. We would also like to issue just a general trigger warning for some of the things that we do talk about. We will always try to issue specific trigger warnings for each episode so that you know what you're getting into. Now, without further ado, are you ready, Jen? Oh, I've been ready, Jackie. All right. Let's rage! Okay. Hey, Jackie. Yes. How did the cowboy save so much money? How? His horse gave him a couple of bucks every day. (laughs) Yeah, it's still better than the other one. (laughs) They are all gold. I don't know what you're talking about. I have the best jokes. There are shades of gold. Uh, No, there is one. There is gold medal, Olympic joke telling. (laughs) That is me. Best dad jokes for a non-dad figure. I can't help it. All great. All great. But uh, yeah, we're ready to get back into talking about cowboy romances. And for this episode, we read three um, wildly different oh, yeah. books. So, so nice way to put it. we read two historicals. Um, one was written in 1992. It is like an OG <laughs> classic Western. That's never a good sign. There's a lot of red flags, <laughs> but I didn't have any red tabs for my book, so they're all green. So there are a lot of green flags yeah, in this book. Yeah, she literally flagged all the bad spots in the book, and it's pretty much the entire book. Yeah, there's a lot. Until I gave up about, like, 80% Which I in. do feel bad about, because I know this was one of your favorite books. I mean, I still... Yeah. But it's weird growing up and, like, re-looking at this stuff. That's the thing. They talk yeah. about you should never, like, visit your idols or meet your idols. You should never reread your favorite oh, romance yeah, when books. when you were growing up. Never. Not ever. But yeah, so we read that one, and then we read a brand new historical that's wildly different. (laughs) And it was just published in 2021, so it's brand new. Mm -hmm. And then we read a contemporary, which surprisingly was one of my favorites. Yeah, it was fine. I don't know. I So I know I had promised Jen Spicy Cowboys, 
But the book we were, I had picked out, which is definitely spicy. It's erotic romance. Um, the author does this thing where she like hyperbolizes the Western accent. Mm-hmm. She adds apostrophes and ain'ts and all this sort of stuff that just drives me batshit. Sorry, crazy. So um, I made the executive choice to do a Maisie Yates instead, and I'm very happy with that decision. I appreciate that. You're welcome. I want you to like cowboys. I mean, they're fine. Do you I... feel more welcome to reading their books now? Ask me at the end of this. Okay. That'll be a good close-up after okay. our discussion right. when we dive deep into these three. When we uh, ride off it with them. Into the sunset. Yeah. Okay. Um, before we dive into the books really quick, though, I do briefly want to talk about something I forgot to talk about last time, which is the women of the Wild West. Because I, of course, say cowboys, and of course that sounds very gendered towards the male. But in my head, when I say cowboy, I really think of both the men and the women. Because, of course, you can be a cowgirl. I'm a real-life cowgirl. Um, and as a real-life cowgirl myself, the stories and the lives that these badass historical cowgirls led are just wildly fascinating they're so inspiring and they played a, played a huge part in western history and they really did not often get the credit they deserve i mean annie oakley is like probably the most well known but she is just one of literally thousands was she only famous because of the the sideshow she was in wild bill yeah. she was part of the wild bill mm-hmm. hitchcock hitchcock i can never say but yeah she was part of that show but she was a sharpshooter mm-hmm. that's the only reason i know her so there used to be this bio- biographical TV series that I used to watch, and I think we still have the VHSs somewhere, and there was one just on Annie Oakley, and I remember watching it so many times. Anyways, aside away, um, these women, they were brave, they were strong, they weren't afraid to fight for their land, their family, their property. They didn't necessarily need a man, as we see in one of the books that we read. I did want to ask you how realistic that was. That was actually probably pretty realistic. Okay. We can get into that when we talk about that book. Um, but yeah, I don't just mean male variety when I refer to cowboy. I'm referring to everybody who worked with cattle, worked on the ranches, ran the farms, mm-hmm. drove the herds, you know, regardless of gender or sex. I- That's really nice. I really vibe with what you're saying, but Good, maybe I don't remember. this is what... I don't, I don't want to sound sexist, and I feel so gross saying this, but when I think cowboy romance, I think men, cowboys. Mm-hmm. It's like when we talked about vampires, vampires just yeah. seem to be male. And Beverly Jenkins is actually the first female cowboy, cowgirl. See, I can't even do it. Female cowgirl. Cowpoke. Rancher, cowpoke, cowperson that I've, I think I've ever read when I was going through my Goodreads. Yeah. So it's not some, I don't see that kind of attitude reflected in the genre, and mm-hmm. I wonder if that's another reason I'm like, ugh, about it. I think, too, that's something that's really come about in contemporaries, too. Like, so we're going to talk about Maisie Yates, and I have a question for you regarding her, like, veracity as a true cowboy author with that book. But um, a lot of, like, like the Lorelai James, Mm -hmm. all of her, or a lot of hers are the women are ranchers. um, There's a a rodeo cowgirl. There's a woman. The one we were going to read had a woman who was, like, a championship breeder. Like, she bred bronx, bucking bronx. So, I mean, I think it's definitely something that's come about more in the contemporary. And you do see some of it in the historical, but I think that really does, again, play into the idea of uh, femininity and what women's roles were and the idea of what women's roles were. I guess it's really interesting just noticing your own blind spots. Yeah. Like, you're well aware that this exists, and I'm like, I don't know, isn't it just about the abs? It's like I had no idea what DubCon, dubious consent, was until we started this podcast. Romance is a really big genre and a really big tent. Okay. Take that back from Republicans. <laughs> oh, whoa. <laughs> um, but this is really why I loved 
in theory, all three mm. of the books that we read because we do get strong heroines or yeah. independent heroines. I'll give you that. So in even in like um, the Elizabeth Lowell, which is the classic mm-hmm. 1992 historical, Jessie, who's the heroine, she is very like, no, I'm going to do it. I'm yeah. going to do this. I don't care. I'm going to do it to prove you wrong. Right. And then in the Beverly Jenkins, she's it's a like single Santa. black mm-hmm. rancher who prefers to live by herself. Yeah. And then in the contemporary, we get a heroine who, A, owns a bakery with mm-hmm. an amazing pie, with amazing pies. And um, <laughs> she's, I know, I knew you would like that part. <laughs> I but, just got it. It took me a sec. Wait. Oh, because the name is Pie in the Sky. I oh, did not mean too. it like I that. Oh, what? Oh, never mind. Okay. <laughs> Anyways, let's continue. Um, Jen, I was going to ask you how you feel about cowboy books, but do you want to save that till the end? Yeah, let's do it as a cleanser. Okay, sounds good. As like a total, maybe I'll revise, I'm curious to see if I revise my opinion as I talk to you, because I, okay. I've only, these are just in my mind for 12 hours, so okay. we'll see okay. what you say if you convince It's very fresh, okay. <laughs> You're not going to convince me on cowboy uh, rock stars, though. It's okay. It's I, damn it, we should have read one of those. No, it's done. no, it's not a thing. It's on genre. It. It's a rock star genre. It's not a cowboy romance. Nobody has reached out to me yet to refute my point, so. so but clearly, they also haven't reached out to refute your point, And so. I think that says everything. We're like, like a yes, Schrodinger's cat right. at this point. We're both right and wrong. I'm right. That's I'm right. right. Anyways. Um, all right, let's dive in. Let's talk about all three of these. I'm so glad we swapped out the contemporary. That's all I got to say. But, Jen, is there a specific one you want to start with? Let's start in the 90s. Let's okay. look back before we see oh, where we've gee. come. Classic. Mm-hmm. Let's see how far we've come. Let's pony up. Dan in. <laughs> pony up. That's a better instead of me clicking my knuckles together. <laughs> All right. So 1992, we read Only Mine by Elizabeth Lowell. I also have no idea how to say this author's last name. Lowell. Yeah, Lowell. I'm going like Lowell, Massachusetts. It works. Um, so this is second second in her only series. So um, they're all interconnected. You don't have to read them in order, though. But we have only his, which we do meet um, Willow and the dude. I don't remember his name. But we meet them in the second book, too. So, you know, yeah. we see everybody. Caleb, thank you. Mm-hmm. Um, the second book, however, is about Jessica. And here is a last name I'm going to butcher. <gasps> Charteris? Charteris? Shakari? I don't know. Um, and Wolf Lone Tree. Oh, boy. And Wolf is where we get all the red flags. <laughs> Although in my book, um, they're green flags because I, I don't have red flags. <laughs> I feel like a white author can't name a native character wolf anymore okay so we can talk about that that's something i didn't even i was already immediately like oh this is like a walking stereotype especially then he gets into like he could talk to animals and he can like sense the weather changing and it's like it's very much that noble savage and then like he calls himself noble savage at one point yeah and i mean sometimes he's mocking the things other people have called him but he's still very much like oh god he calls himself the bastard a lot Mm. but so this book is set in 1867 and it actually starts in england um this is interesting because it's actually right after the end of the American Civil War, and it's also, like, the start of the Victorian period in English history. And my brain is just always like, wait, those things too coexisted yeah. at the same it time? It's crazy how history overlaps. I mean, it's crazy. I mean, it makes sense. But at the same time, I'm like, wait, cowboys and Queen Victoria. Yeah. Okay. Same time. Anyways, mm-hmm. so Jessica, whose last name I cannot pronounce, is our heroine. She is a 20-year-old. 20. She's 20. She's turning 20 in this book. Yeah. Scottish heiress who is supposed to marry an old lecher of a man. He is disgusting and he is old. Um, but she turns to her childhood best friend for help and a marriage of convenience at her birthday ball. And her childhood best friend is Wolf Lone Tree, who is 
31. Wow, really childhood best friend there. Like, they're just, their ages she was a child. so well. Yeah. He was not. Yeah. I should say that, like, prior to the start of this whole series, they supposedly met when, like, Jessica went to the States to do a buffalo hunt. Because that's what yeah. rich people do. Mm-hmm. Terrible. Um, and Wolf was their Indian guide. Oh, God. So problematic. Um, but anyways, he is half English because he is the bastard son of an English lord mm-hmm. and half Native American. He calls himself bastard way too many times. And he's yeah. got just this frigging ginormous chip on his shoulder that I really just want to punch off his face. Mm-hmm. Initially, he refuses Jesse's offer of marriage on the premise that she's too young for him, even though he's like, oh, she's so hot. Um, she's an quote unquote innocent. He calls her nun so many times mm-hmm. and so me anyways. Um, and he has no title and little money to offer her, but really it's just because he's like, he's got this giant chip on his shoulder and he also thinks she's joking. I mean, there's that. Did you get any insecurity vibes to him or was it really just like a rage thing? Mm, no, I think there like, was like, like some bitterness. latent insecurity okay. because he's been, and I really don't know how much of it is because he thinks himself the bastard or if he's actually been like demonized is that the word yeah i don't know well i mean he talks a lot about how his father really wouldn't have kept him if he hadn't shown use yeah and then everybody else is like rejecting him in england and yeah like they they only want him around because he's good at at horses yeah and then he goes and he makes his own life during the war and he does all this stuff and anyways he becomes a sharpshooter he's a really good shooter um but the night after the ball, after Jesse turns 20, mm-hmm. she is 20. Um, so, yes, she's illegal, but still, that's questionable. Um, Jesse, she goes to his room to, like, not to proposition him, but to still, like, talk to him, ask him for help. They're still, like, good friends, quote, unquote. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's attacked by her drunken fiancé. Mm-hmm. And trigger warning, it is attempted rape. He, like, bites her, yeah. strips her. Wolf comes to the rescue, but then, of course, we have – it is sadly one of my favorite tropes. We talked about it in the Regency mm-hmm. where they're caught together yeah. and they have to get forced into marriage. Mm-hmm. And Jesse lies and says, Wolf seduced her, so then, of course, they have to marry. Mm-hmm. And then the book jumps, and suddenly we're in America, and they have to start heading across the West to the Great Divide, to the Rockies. And if you're like me, you had no idea where the Great Divide actually was, so yeah. I will put a map in the show notes. Thank you, Wikipedia. Mm-hmm. So then there's a big, long part of the book that's actually them on a stagecoach heading west because, Mm -hmm. you know, where they're going, there isn't a train. The stagecoach is faster. It's safer, supposedly. Mm -hmm. And um, there's a lot of stuff that goes on. the whole thing is he's trying to force her to give up. Oh, right. He's making it hard on her. Yeah. Because their whole deal is that she is going to give up and he's just going to ship her back. And he has, like... There's no, like, actual end date, but he's like, you know, by the end of a month, I'll have you back in England, mm-hmm. that sort of he thing. He really does not want to be married to her. No. So this, he is, I've talked before how much I hate it when people are mean to each other, and he is just I knew really, you would hate that. He's so. He's so mean I to her. I will say, she's kind of dumb back, and she wasn't right either, I think, to force him into this when he no. really didn't want it. But, you know, I wouldn't want to be married to that guy either. I don't know. They were both kind of in hard spots. So I'm, I don't know how much grace to really give Between him. Between a rock and a hard place. Yeah. Yeah. I, but, I mean, he was really, really cruel because he wanted to, like, break her down so she would be like, okay, I don't want to marry you. I'll call off the annulment, send me back to England, and you can have your life back. Yeah. he kind of felt like she had yeah. taken his freedom, kind of. Yeah. Because he did want to get married. Yeah. He did want to have a family and a wife and mm-hmm. kids, but not to the, quote, unquote, spoiled nun yeah. that Jessica is because Jessica has a very tragic backstory. She is also... It's not a – I don't think it's considered a bastard because I think they were technically married. But so her father was a lord and her mother was a maid that the lord married. 
after... no but i think they mar- i think he married her because she was pregnant with okay what's her face not with jessica. jessica jessica wasn't his actual daughter oh okay they make a point of saying that oh okay because then jessica had to watch oh her it's like her stepfather okay i keep calling him her father okay. but I don't, it's complicated i read that differently then but okay, okay. i don't know it's complicated but, like, but so i'll call her her father for sure. this point yeah in time. i mean essentially um he rapes her mother like, gets oh. her repeatedly pregnant her mother kind of just goes off the deep end understandably she has some i think she said she had either six or nine six it was six six okay. miscarriages yeah. so some of them had to be stillborn births mm-hmm. so trigger warning for that it's it's just terrible mm-hmm. um and so she, Jessica had to witness this as a very young child. Mm-hmm. So she's got childhood trauma. She's got PTSD. So understandably, she doesn't yeah. really want to be touched by anybody. Yeah, she's terrified of men. She's terrified of childbirth. She's terrified of relationships. Like there's a scene later on mm-hmm. where Willow, one of the other women, is pregnant. And she sees her and she goes, I'm so sorry for you. And was like, oh, haha, I know. She's like, no, yeah. seriously, because you're going to die. Yeah. And I was like, uh, okay. <laughs> it's a damper at the baby yeah. shower. So they're just right off the bat. This is not going to work. Um, they get to Wolf's cabin and he immediately gets even more dickish to her. Um, he makes her do all sorts of things like uh, stuff she's never done before, like cleaning. Because she was brought up a lady. Yeah. She had a lady's maid. She didn't know how to do her own hair. Mm-hmm. And he makes fun of her for that. And, you know, honestly, it's so dumb because, yes, while she's young and innocent, mm-hmm. she's never had to do anything like this before. Honestly, most people probably have never had to prime a pump before. I've never had to prime exactly. a pump. Exactly. So I'm like, it's just why and then he makes her scrub the floors for hours on end and yeah. i'm like yes you have to clean the house but it's just... but you know he's trying to make her break yeah so like but jessica refused the meanness is correct and she's just more stubborn than he is she refused yeah. because at one point she scrubbed the floor so hard her arms seized up and she's like <laughs> i'm still gonna pour myself a bath did you appreciate the bath scene no, I kind of skipped it. And again, oh. he was I was kind of uncomfortable with him forcing her to bathe him. Yeah. There's just a like we said, there's so many red flags there's and it's so just many. you couldn't publish this today under this genre anymore cuz I... cuz so because he knows she's terrified of men and one of the things her guardian had told him was like, "Oh, make make her fear men a little." Oh my less. god, that was one of my red flags. I yeah, was like, it was like that like, was the sh- yeah, she's weirdly scared of men for some strange reason. I have no idea why. So please help her fear the touch a little less. So he's like, all right, I'm going to steal your bath and make you bathe me because that's what a proper American wife does. And then there's like a massage scene. But of course, Jessica mm-hmm. freaks out because she's, like, she's all happy and then he touches her. Yeah. And she's like, oh, my God. And then he, of course, gets pissed off because he's got a teeny weeny problem. It's, <laughs> yeah. I, he just ends up centering all of her trauma around himself because yeah. he's very much like, oh, well, you don't want me a dirty savage to touch you. And yeah. It's not oh, you're just terrified of men. Mm-hmm. It takes forever for them to get past that. Yeah. And again, like... It does take forever. And it's hard. And I don't know I don't know who really to sympathize the most for because I imagine he's probably been rejected a lot based on that. And I can understand why his mind would go there. But at the same time, if you're a childhood best friend of somebody who... God, how old was she when they met? They, she I think she so was tiny. like preteen. Ugh. Young teenager, like 13. Yeah. So he's 11 years. So he would have been mid-20s. Yeah. Oh, red flag. Mm. But so eventually, of course, they are intimate. It is a romance story. There's going to be some love in there. Mm. Um, This all happens because Wolf is in like platonically in love with Willow, his friend Caleb's wife, whom we meet in the first book, only his. Um, He considers Willow to be the ideal Western woman, when in reality, you didn't get to see this gem because you didn't read it and you probably never will read it. But Willow is just as naive Mm -hmm. as Jessie was about a lot of things. She came from a plantation in the South and she ended up going across across the Great Divide with Caleb in the first book. 
and he makes fun of her for wearing like a riding habit and a side Jeez. saddle. What's with these guys? It's 1992. Ugh. That's what's wrong with these guys. Um, but so Wolf and Jesse end up visiting Caleb and Willow for an extended period of time because Willow is pregnant and Caleb needs help with the horses. And Wolf is like, yeah, I'll bring Jesse and you guys can force her to go back. Um, and of course, this is when Jesse has to confront her fear of childbirth yeah. because she has to help Willow have a baby. Um, and she realizes it's not as terrible as her experiences growing up where she witnesses the love between Caleb and Willow and like how they're affectionate mm-hmm. with one another. And she's like, oh, it doesn't all have to be like terrible trauma. Mm-hmm. Um, and then Jesse does some badass things like she rides out into a blizzard to save some mares and babies from wolves. It's hilarious to me, too, that Wolf does not believe that This is not the only time, either. I know, with the stagecoat, because there's this whole stagecoat fight, and he's like... And there's another woman on there who's scared to death of Indians. She's like, I'm scared to death of Indians. Yeah, and he still thinks she's the one who helped him and was useful. Yeah, and she thinks... And Wolf thinks that the person who was screaming the entire time on the stagecoach was Jesse, when, in fact, it was Jesse handing up the pistols, like, hanging half out the door, and she gets shot or something like that. Um, And then... He thinks that it's Willow in the blizzard because Jesse is wearing Willow's clothes. Even though Willow just gave birth! I know. So he comes in, he's like, oh, Willow, you shouldn't have gone out there with a baby. And she goes, um... I didn't. I didn't? You idiot. And he goes, oh... I'm gonna side input really here. Okay. Like, really... I hate his attitude about childbirth oh, yeah. so much. All of theirs. So much. But, I mean, Willow kind of sucked, and I'm like... Just... Except for Rafe. I did like Rafe. Rafe, fine. Okay. He, he's w- like... Willow's brother. Yeah, we get he his can own go book. over there. Fine. He gets his own little plaque for being not an idiot. Not but a complete douchewad. <laughs> Willow just has this whole, I can't scream, I have to be strong, I can't tell anybody, oh my god, and I'm just like, Scream! And well, okay, scream! so Gold Star to her husband Caleb, because he's like, no, Good. scream. Yeah. And the next Jesse's like, Bite this and scream. But then meanwhile, Wolf is like, oh, childbirth isn't a big deal. Why are you scared? Red flag. Baby is going to destroy your body. (sighs) No, no. No. I didn't even know the full details of childbirth until I was in my 20s. That is how little. Well, like, I didn't know about the afterbirth. and I didn't know, like, how much pain people would be in after. I didn't know about, like, the ice packs and the mesh underwear until I was reading a list about it in my 20s. And I'm like... (laughs) He <laughs> traumatized even more. Yeah, she got traumatized at age whatever. I got traumatized at 26. Yeah. And I, as a farm girl, grew up knowing all sorts of things I should so not I have known. So I'm just like, how dare you, Wolf, say it is not a big deal when she is going to rip open from the size of that melon pushing through. Ow. Ow. Anyways, suffice to say, we did not like Wolf. It ends on a good note, like, whatever. They're married. They decide to stay married. Wolf admits he's in love with her. Eventually, it takes, like, the entire book. I know. 99% of the book, he is fine. He finally admits maybe, like, 75% of the way in, oh, hey, I love you, but it's for your own good. You can't handle this life. I have to bring you back to England. And he's just constantly not listening to her the entire book. And Mm -hmm. that whole last thing where he's like, okay, I had sex with you. Our marriage is real. I am going to go back to England with you. I'm going to be nice though. with you now. God, shut up. They don't go shut back up. to England, I should say. They well, do she stay. runs away, which, again, it's like, yeah. honestly, I would have run away a lot sooner than she did. Just go find, like, I would have married Raph or something and just, like, go had adventures he's with an, him. He's, although he does, no, he, he his book is good. No, okay, good. it's the other brother. Yeah, Fine. The other brother can be an idiot. Raph was actually good. Rafe, whatever. Yeah. But yeah, so suffice to say, this wasn't the best. It was not um, I did not like it. Would you say, I just thought of this, that this was an early bully romance? I don't know if I would describe it that way because so many of these heroes are like this. And can I don't you know like if I would describe bully romance because you so can do a it better than me. Bully romance is something where usually the hero of the book 
is really mean to the heroine and it's not even teasing i mean sometimes it's kind of teasing it goes back to the idea of like oh hey if he's pulling your pigtails he likes you so he's outwardly mean to her he insults her he gives her a hard time there's different levels of how far that line will be crossed Mm -hmm. and then there's always a moment where oh hey i actually like you yeah and the bully suddenly has to do all this work to kind of undo the damage and i think that's. and i guess he doesn't do the work to undo the damage he i don't think the book lasts long enough for him to undo the damage that he did because she is such she's so messed up too from how hard he was on Mm -hmm. her in the beginning and just he really emphasized how great willow was to her and just really disregarded i think a lot of her fears about men and childbirth in the beginning and honestly the whole time i was reading this all i could think of was if somebody i knew was in a relationship like this today i would be like domestic abuse this is verbal abuse this is not okay because it I feel like today it's kind of softened how heroes can be mean to heroines and contemporary. He, this guy is just, like, outright so cruel to her. Mm-hmm. And, like, just berating her in front of people. Mm-hmm. That scene was really hard when he's, like, in front of her telling all of his friends how awful she is and how she's a liar and a spoiled brat. And, you know, she's going to tease him but don't expect to get anything from her. And then... <sighs> I don't know. This book was rough. It also really bothered me. I know this is mostly a time period thing but when he started talking about how uh he started noticing her at 15 years old oh my god that was one of like the first red flags <laughs> i put in my book which is a green flag i tabinate little, like, so like i have all these tabs with different colors in my book and there are so many green flags because i don't have red flags it's just it's bad mm-hmm. so was there anything you did like about this book i will say it was i did want to know what would happen mm-hmm. i guess so it did turn into a hate read because i very much did not like people or the plot or the the decisions and a lot of this was super wrong like i feel like everything she said about native people were wrong i don't think wolves attack things like that do they i thought Um, like during the blizzard like in the winter they will yeah i just thought a lot of that stuff was made up especially with foals on the ground because it's blood and they're like vulnerable so that's normal okay so that's maybe a thing because i feel like a lot of times wolves get unfairly blamed by not in this case not in this all right fine you got one thing right everything (laughs) else sounded pretty bad and stupid and just like oh my god the native american character talking to horses what i know there used to be an idea that any kind of representation, even if it was bad, was a good thing. And I feel like this book just yeah, that's really a good blows point. an argument that's on this. Point. Yeah, it's it's funny how maybe not funny. It's interesting how time has changed enough that we can be like, no, this is not like. It's good that we recognize that. If you can't have good representation, just take it out. Because I introduced this to Jen as, like, one of my favorite classic romances. And then I reread it, and I'm like, oh, my God, I kind of hate this book. I know. I felt really bad when I was reading it because I'm like, Jackie, I hate this so much. What are you doing? I almost texted you at, like, 3 (laughs) a.m. to be like, what did you do to me? Why did you make me do this? But I was like, it's one of your favorite books. And I feel bad because I know... Uh, other books I've read that I've reread or I've looked up, I'm like, oh, oops, I didn't mean to do it. <laughs> you mm-hmm. just, I think you remember the the, the, good, the good things. The way like it the made nostalgia. you feel the first yeah. time, the nostalgia. And, like, the plot escapes you until yeah. you're like, oh, oops. Characters I'm escape still, you. I am still so embarrassed that I, for a couple of years, I would recommend um, Linda Howard's Mr. Perfect. Oh, God. Because I was like, it's oh, so I loved bad. that in high school. That was so good. It was so You made me read that. Yeah, because I was like, oh, yeah, it's great. It's like these girls make uh, a list of the perfect man, and then they start getting killed because somebody's mad about it. I'm like, oh, oh, it's so much fun. It's a great murder mystery. I totally forgot the like the gross transphobic stuff. Uh-huh. And I had been inter- like giving it to strangers in the library. Yep. So I am so Up sorry like if you were one of those people. <laughs> yeah, until I, I think you told me I read a review. Yeah. And I was like, what? Yeah, that <laughs> was me. 
<laughs> yeah, so suffice to it say, sucks. read your favorite classics with care. Yeah. A little great assault. Yeah. So, I mean, still remember the good times. You know, treasure those moments of you, like, cuddled all up reading about uh, this amazing adventure. Because I can see the aspect. There is an adventure. Yeah, it's like, fun. I, you know what? When you don't know any better when you're a teenager, like we, we were reading when we started, I mean... Yeah, you get sucked into the emotion and, like, the craziness of it. Yeah. And then you grow up a little bit and you're like, oh, oops, this was bad. <laughs> this was really Hindsight bad. is 20-20. But I don't know. Maybe teens today will be smarter. Gen X seems smarter than us. Yeah. So fingers crossed there. Gen that they Z. Were. Aren't they said that the next one? No, Z is the next. I don't, whoever's under millennials. Gen Z. It is Gen Z. Yeah, yeah, maybe they'll be smarter, hopefully. And they would rightfully be like, oh, well, well is this too low for me? Well, on that note, let's move on to Wild Rain by Beverly Jenkins. Yeah, because this one I liked. And I usually don't like cowboy historicals. Yeah. I can't think of one off the top of my head So this that is enjoyed. a historical mm-hmm. western, but it was just written. It was just published in 2021. Yeah. And it's second in the series. And Beverly Jenkins is a huge deal, by the way. She's been writing forever. Yeah, she is a massive person in romance land. She has written a gazillion books. I, we don't talk about her enough and to be and honestly this is really embarrassing this was my first Beverly Jenkins because I'm a bad reader I feel like I've read one before her but I don't think I read it all the way through but so just a brief list mm-hmm. Beverly Jenkins is the recipient of the Michigan Author Award by the Michigan Library Association Romance Writers of America Nora Roberts Lifetime Achievement Award Romantic Times Reviewers Choice Award nominated for NAACP Image Award in Literature and featured both in the documentary Love Between the Covers and on CBS Sunday Morning mm-hmm. she first published her book night song in 1994 and she's been leading the charge for inclusive romance and Mm -hmm. has been constant darling of reviewers fans and her peers alike garnering accolades from her work from the likes of wall street journal people magazine and npr get it so she is a super big deal she's awesome she's awesome and i really enjoyed this one i know you were kind of like i think so i enjoyed the story but Mm -hmm. the writing style it just glazed over a lot for me so i did end up skimming everything from like 50 percent onwards but i mean it's still good i really liked it because i had just read a dark romance i should not have been reading in my state (laughs) of mind and this was like a really nice palate cleanser yeah it was very it is very it's almost light it's not quite light there's a lot of stuff it deals with light i don't know if i'd use that adjective it's interesting you use that word but I don't know how I would describe it. It just felt really good. And I was really like, oh, wow, I'm learning all this cool stuff about historicals. And yeah. I had never read a character like Spring before, which I really loved. So Springly, she is part Native American. She's part black. She owns a small horse farm in the mountains. And she is very much one of those, I don't want help from anybody. I don't need Whoa. no man. I don't need a man. I don't need a marriage. I don't need kids. She so also has really a like, tragic yes. backstory. They always have tragic backstories. I've noticed that with cowboys. She... especially historicals yeah. so we should also say that both of the characters in this book are black yeah spring like we said is half black half native american mm-hmm. indigenous i'm still not sure what i'm supposed to say i'm sorry i just say native american because i can't trust myself okay. to pronounce the, yeah. the indigenous i don't trust myself okay. to say that native american um but yeah so she was she, her grandfather is a talk about a dick wad mm-hmm. her grandfather threw her out when she was young 18. 18 because she refused to marry the man that he wanted and so she was forced that she had to go work for a local horse breeder who in order for her to work for him made her sleep with him Mm -hmm. and his son and whoever else wanted yeah so poor spring got like this she first off forced consent right off the bat Mm -hmm. um we don't see any of that though we don't it is recounted to us from her and um from the, the villain the villain but so that's nice at least it's just this is totally in her backstory it doesn't actually yeah. happen on page. she does get slandered there she does get called a lot of names yeah 
but it's mostly just to build her backstory mm-hmm. and why she is the way she is. So continue. So she, after some time, there's a bankruptcy. He's forced to sell all the land, and she's actually able to buy some of the land from him, which I was like, good. Get yeah, it. Get and it, that girl. is actually what she builds her ranch on, and she's able to like screw, like, you know, forget you guys. I'm going to go off on my own, and she does it all by herself, which I think is amazing. And she has a brother who is a doctor and is living out in the the countryside the territory the territory and, and he's building a hospital yeah, and he's like super cr- he is so impressive that people out east are like oh my god we want because these guys are also guy. up in the rockies mm-hmm. or they don't really ever say where they actually are do they i don't remember i don't continue I'll... The le- <laughs> you know they don't say where they actually but, are but they talk about snow and mountains oh, wyoming at- wyoming, there wyoming you go. territory so, okay so the news of this amazing doctor gets out all the way east where garrett mccray is sent out west from dc to interview colton who is spring's brother and the doctor for his father's newspaper isn't it his father's newspaper i thought it was his uncle's i don't remember for oh. a newspaper of his like, family member mm-hmm. that he works for yeah so they own a colored paper, as they put it, and they're like, all right, other colored people are going to want to hear about this doctor because he is so cool. Because he's, like, quote-unquote, one of the first black doctors yeah. in the West. Mm-hmm. So he's a really big deal, and they're like, all right, we're going to go and talk to this guy. Carry on. Sorry, there's okay. a book I just thought of. It's called Liberty, mm-hmm. and it's spelled the French way. Okay. Um, I'll put it in the show notes, but it is based on the true story of one of the first black women doctors in New York City. Oh, cool. And it just came out. So, so he says he sets out to Wyoming. And, of course, <laughs> immediately, he gets lost in a blizzard, thrown from his horse, and injures his knee. But who should come upon him but in the best dun, knee da, da, da. of all time, Spring saves him. And this is, the... like, page two. Yeah. <laughs> I like how quick it is. Like, she I gets like, to the point. Yeah, yeah. So, out of the kindness of her heart and a lot of grumbling, she takes him to the cabin to recuperate and to heal. And she is just an absolute... We're going to say breath of fresh air to him. Just very refreshing. Yes. And such a difference to all the, the fine women he knows back east because she wears yep. pants. I like that you said it that way. I could very much hear him, like, saying that. Because mm-hmm. he's from Washington, D.C., yeah. um, which at the time still referred to as the District of Columbia. But he's, like, like Jen said, he's very used to the fine women back home. <laughs> the ladies in skirts who mm-hmm. don't really do much. They're the ladies who lunch, yeah. if we shall. <laughs> And um, meanwhile, she's in jeans, she's ranching. She's got a buffalo coat that sounds like the coolest thing ever. And she's like, oh, it's really heavy. He's like, oh, it can't be that heavy. And, then it's, and he's like, oh, my God, this is really heavy. <laughs> I love that part. I didn't know that was heavy. That's so yeah, cool. I thought it's it was a whole just like, pelt. That's so cool. So he's like, I think it helps, too, that he is really impressed and respected. Mm-hmm. Um, He's not like some of the other men that we, we see later in the story who are like, oh, she's such a loser. She's not a lady. Ugh. She's a manly woman. He's very woman. much like, oh, my God, this is, like, a cool woman. He's like, whoa, she did that? <laughs> so he is crazy impressed. He is instantly like, I kind of want to know you, too, a little bit. Yeah, but, but he's not creepery about he it. He is very respectful, which I appreciated, because he she does point out very quickly to him, hey, I'm a woman alone. I don't. You're a strange man. Like, I sleep with my gun at night. He's like, yes, ma'am. Okay. So I like then- that. And I, we should also say he also has a very tragic yeah. backstory. And this is, I think, why I enjoyed this book the mm-hmm. most. It's because I've never read anything like it. It was really, yeah, he was born into slavery. Yeah. And ran when he was a teenager. He joined the Union Navy, which was really cool. Oh, I was going to read an article about the black men in the mm-hmm. Union Navy, and I totally forgot. I will put it in the show notes for everybody. He was just, like, they were both such cool, well-rounded yeah. characters. Cause... And he talks about, like, there's a whole section where he talks about his experience being mm-hmm. a slave yeah. and like running with his uncle because his dad wouldn't run because his mom was still enslaved. Yeah. 
And like they talk about all, it doesn't go into like the horror of the slavery, mm. uh, except for his mom who yeah. had it much worse. I mean, they all had it bad, but um, and then he talks about running and how he went and he read for the law because yeah, so he was a lawyer. He's a yeah. lawyer technically, but he actually is a carpenter because he, he didn't law. want to be a lawyer. <laughs> <laughs> so he is a a vet, uh, ex slave veteran lawyer who doesn't like law carpenter who does, works for the newspaper, for the newspaper in, his in his spare, spare time. time he sounds like a cool guy <laughs> i would like to be his friend i'd like to get a beer with him on a saturday and just all of the town is really delightful she yeah. Beverly does a really great job at having really interesting characters and i really felt like everybody cared about each other it was really interesting because spring and her family are some of the un- only other black people in the whole town and, but for the most part, like, everybody's banded together. Everybody, yeah. like, looks out for each other. It I felt that very detail. Western. Yeah, I was like, oh, cool. This is, like, the part of the West they don't talk about. And, like, the part yeah. of the West, honestly. That's and Spring talks about that because this is what brings in the whole conversation about Garrett's time in slavery was they talk about, like, well, what's the experience for black people yeah. out West? Like, mm-hmm. how does everybody get treated in the Springs? Like, I mean, honestly, you have people who are assholes all the time. You're going to have – I'm swearing a lot in this it's one. Whatever. I am so sorry. It's been one of those days. Um, but – I mean, she talks about that, and he's like, it's so different from back home, and, like, are you experiencing this? And one review that I said was talking about this is the birth of the Jim Crow era. Yeah. This is the birth of segregation. Mm-hmm. And it's – this was also so interesting for me because it's nothing I've ever read before of mm-hmm. that time period from that point of view. And it's one of those things that it's a contemporary thing that happens, like the Regency or the Victorian with cowboys. Yeah. Like, you don't think about Jim Crow being born yeah. in the era of cowboys, but it, it, it totally was. Yeah. And it was just, it opened my eyes. It was a little for, forbearing for me because I'm yeah. like, you know what's coming. And I'm, yeah. like, I'm really hoping this is the sweet spot. I don't know what year it is exactly, but I'm like, I'm really hoping these people live out the rest of their lives like Let's in see. some happiness. You keep talking. I'm going to look up a year. Because we know it's coming. But eventually the snow clears. Garrett uh, meets the, the brother and they hit it off. And he's just really, 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 really into spring, which I love. There is this party that they end up both getting invited to. And Spring has started to have been harassed by, first, the man who raped her, who was the son of, you know, the guy who also The other guy who raped her. Yeah, just great. Uh, It's like Ketchum. It was the pronunciation. I don't ketchup, know. It is ketchup. Like right? It looked like ketchup. Yeah, I just so called him ketchup. ketchup in my I brain. I called him ketchup because I'm like, you don't deserve to have the proper. <laughs> you saw human and ketchup. So along with that guy, she is also getting harassed by this guy who wants to buy property from her. And oh, I opened a sexy scene. Oops. All together at a party, and of course, ketchup is not behaving himself. And ketchup. I, you know what? Ketchup. Okay. His name is ketchup. Ketchup. From here on out, he's ketchup. And he insults her in front of everybody, and Garrett does not let that stand. He hauls him up, punches him in the face, strangles him a little bit, and it gets thrown out of the house. And it is like... Yes. I was super excited. I loved that scene. Beverly Jenkins in the back, she refers to Garrett as a cinnamon roll. And for those who don't know who a cinnamon roll is, it's like the the squishy, lovable hero. He's just, mm. he's not mean, and he's just loving, and he likes to spoon, and he's probably the little spoon. I think he was the first person ever went down on her, too, because she talked this about This is how, not a closed-door romance. No. I mean, a little bit. A little tiny bit. Like, certain aspects get cut There's a lot of sucking involved. Like, there's, you could, like, halfway close the door and kind of peek around. Yeah. It's one of those. Like, there's some things that get glossed over, but... This night ends up with them sleeping together for the first time because she's like, okay, I don't know what's happening. I've been. I have a time period. Oh. So 1863 was when Spring went to live with 
um, or she had to go to the farm, to the ranch, okay. to the other horse ranch. So 63. And then 15 years from that is now. Okay. So math. I don't. It's like 88. I don't know the years of things, though. No, I that's to too many. Up. Yeah. <laughs> math. You guys do the math. Yeah. But anyways. But so... that's roughly the time period. Then they. So, yeah, they're finally like, all right, I don't know what's going to happen between us, but you know where I stand. And he knows that he loves her enough that he's going to kind of go with whatever she wants. He's not going to force her into a marriage. He's not going to force her into kids, which I really love, too. Yes. And, I was going to ask you about that. I loved that. I was like, oh, my God, that's so rare. Because they decide romance. to remain childless. Yeah. And who knows? Maybe she'll change her mind. She probably won't, knowing her, because she's very stubborn. But I really I think this is one of the only books where I've read and they're like, where she isn't where she is physically able to have kids, yeah. where they're like, no, we're making the actual decision. I think a lot of times, too, they decide... If, if a heroine starts off that way, then sometime down the line they change their mind. Yeah. So it's like, I oh, I just want the babies, cool. which is fine. And who knows? Maybe it will happen, but she is obviously a great aunt, and she's kind of like, you know, I just want to be with you, and I love my life, and we're good. But it ends up find We end up finding out that the creepy guy who had been trying to get um, her land was, of course, a con man, so he runs off. That gets solved. And then in a really beautiful moment that I appreciate so much, her grandfather is the one who kills Ketchum, ketchup, which I'm like. And her evil grandfather yeah. was the one who forced her into ketchup's bed to begin with. So, so. it was kind of poetic that and he ended up killing him. And then doesn't grandpa die too? too. Yeah, yeah good. you find out that he is dying. He's got some kind of disease, cancer, or whatever. And he leaves all of his land and all of his money, all of his investments to her because I don't think he's capable of apologizing. He knows he did her wrong. Oh, yeah. But... You know, he's too, they're both too stubborn, I think, to have that conversation. So instead, he saves her, he kills him, and he dies after he's shot by Ketchup's yes. bullet. So it was just a really, I really like the story. I'm definitely going to be reading more from yeah, the Yeah, I want to read um, the story about her brother, yeah. Colton, because apparently his wife shoots him the first yeah. time she sees him. I'm like, <laughs> yes! And then she's got a lot of historical interracial couples yeah. in the West, and I'm like, oh, this all sounds really interesting. So, you know, there's more I'll read. It's just her writing style. I think it was I was reading it too late at night. I just kind of like glazed over a lot of it. I I picked this up first to read because it was the shortest. Oh, I didn't <laughs> even notice. They're all like three hundred and fifty pages. See, so. it was like two hundred in the book I had. Oh, because you had the big print. Yeah, maybe that's what it was. I don't know, but I really liked it. I liked that it was very matter of fact. I even kind of liked that it was realistic and that you know they never actually had a conversation spring and her grandfather and at and one point i was like i wish she'd had some closure mm. with that and just make sure he was aware of what she did because her brother did not know what had happened to her until no she her brother thought that she was a wild child yeah like just looking for trouble crazy um, but yeah so she was finally like no this guy i would I, this is what i had to do to get this job but I really enjoyed it. I'm definitely going to be reading more. I'm very embarrassed I had not read anything up to yeah, this point. sorry, Bev. And I will say, she did change my opinion on Historical Cowboy. Yay! I will say that. Yay, Huzzah! <laughs> we got one! Yay! I did it one time. Okay. I can say, though, that did not happen with Down Home Cowboy. Oh. No. I like this one. This was actually my favorite of the three. See, I was so bored. Ooh, my stomach's rumbling. Um, so we're going to jump from historical. We're going to go into contemporary. And I think I have a hypothesis of why this bored you. Oh, please. But so we read Maisie Yates, mm -hmm. who is probably one of the most well-known contemporary cowboy authors today. I, I think of. I kind of was aware of her, but I was like, I oh. saw, I've seen her in Target. She's Yeah, so she yeah. publishes with Harlequin. Mm -hmm. So she gets all their imprint, and she's like publishes a lot for them. So she's pretty prolific. Um, and she writes all in Oregon, which I'm currently obsessed with Oregon, so this was really nice to read. 
But so this is book eight in the Copper Ridge series. I should say that I read the first three, but that was like years ago. So I have no idea what happened. Don't ask me. I You don't have to read it in order. You're obviously going to get some spoilers, but you don't have to read it in order. Right. So we do have some trigger warnings for this one. The heroine suffered domestic abuse in her previous relationship. Um, you don't really see any of it on page. She just talks about a lot of the trauma and the emotions that went on with that. There is divorce and there's abandonment of a child. Mm-hmm. Um, so Kane Donnelly is our hero. He is 38. He is a single dad. We love a single dad moment no. in books. I don't. Single dads, you're great. Um, and yeah. we also, he's also a divorcee. Okay, that one's fine. Okay. I like divorce in books. So um, he goes to the family farm in Oregon after he has to sell his ranch in Texas. It's kind of like the prodigal son almost. Basically his dad, as they say in the book, like to spread it around. Mm-hmm. Um, and so there's a lot of his brothers spread around, a lot of his siblings. So he moves himself and his 16-year-old daughter, Violet, to Oregon from Texas. Violet, of course, is a teenager. She's not happy about anything going on right now. Um, his wife left him and his daughter four years ago, just like up and ghosted, didn't tell anybody anything. And Violet's still harboring a lot of resentment about that. Um, and he's been celibate ever since. He sees Allison Davis, our heroine, across the bar one night and it is instantly attracted there's insta lust um but doesn't want to have a relationship or affair because he thinks it's not fair to violet he doesn't want to bring women home while his teenage daughter is sleeping down the hall which fair thank you for doing that fair enough um he's also a very grumpy cowboy which is as we know is like my favorite thing ever so i really like that but allison is 32 she is also a divorcee she is a survivor of domestic abuse um and she owns a kick-ass bakery She sounds like a cool lady, and she hates raisins, so Jen, like, got to vibe with that. I eat raisins. In baked goods? I will not eat them in baked See, goods. See, neither I will I will eat them in, like, cinnamon bread. Okay. There's some Oatmeal exception. raisin cookies? But I like, I just, no, I want to eat oatmeal. Ugh. I, I just, I like the idea of raisins because they feel like zombie fruit to me. <laughs> so I, I will eat raisins. Well, now I know what to get you. Okay. Um, so Allison hasn't. Just like Kane, she hasn't been with anyone since the divorce or even in a relationship because she left her asshole of an ex four years ago, and she's just been healing from that ever since. She only hires women for her bakery who've been in similar positions or, like, difficult positions, Um, and she ends up hiring Violet, which is how we get our meat cute. Um, Kane has to go pick up his daughter, and they're like, oh, hey, it's that sexy redhead I saw at the bar the other night. Um, they start flirting. There's a lot of good chemistry, in my personal opinion. Um, and there's a lot of flirting. And I just, I thought it was really well done. Uh, so Violet is acting out a lot. And Kane is really struggling as a single dad. He has no idea what teenage girls go through. And Allison, like, she kind of reams him out at a couple points. And I really like that. Although I'm like, you probably shouldn't try to parent somebody's child yeah, who's not your child. I was, I was iffy about that. But was... he did ask her for help. That's true. So he deserved it at that point. Mm-hmm. Um, but especially it's a wake up call for Kane because Violet gets drunk one night. She sneaks out, gets drunk and is making out with a boy and Kane and his brothers go like breaking down the party. And I really love that scene because there's one scene of them throwing open the doors and being like, break it up folks. So they're like, I've always wanted to say that. They came full circle. Exactly. Because they they used to be the party. party To killing the party. Exactly. But so Kane turns to Allison for help and advice and they start hanging out more. And then... Next thing you know, they're making out in her pantry in the cafe while the cafe is open. It's great. I liked it. It made me smile. 
Um, it's a great scene for Allison because she decides to open up and she decides to move on from her past and that Kane is going to be the one that she opens up from her past with. Um, there's some good stimulus sex in here, I should also say. Um, okay, so they, <laughs> the, like, the first time go. they have sex is at the bakery while it's closed on one of the tables outside, like in the bakery, not outside, outside. Um, and then she talks about the next day the pastor comes in and sits down at that same table and like opens up his Bible you're not laughing. It was funny. I mean, it was fine. It was funny. Okay. You're lukewarm for this yeah. one. I was just like, eh. listen, I give it three stars just because the other one was two stars. Okay. I yeah, could not enough. give, I could not rate it the same. Oh, that's sad. But so Kane and Allison decide, like they say that they're just going to keep it simple. They're not, no attachments, just hookups like that ever works. Um, but of course it never works out that way. And Kane catches feelings. He says, I love you first. She gets mad at him. There's a whole scene with him shirtless and sweaty and holding power tools. Mm -hmm. Thank you, Maisie Yates. Um, and they end up reconciling. Allison realizes that she has to move on from her past and admit to her feelings and open up to people. Kane realizes that he has to talk more, not only to Allison, but also to his daughter. Um... And they all end up happily ever after. And I should say the epilogue made me cry. I was already feeling very emotional. And then I read that epilogue and I was like, oh my God, this is so cute. So I'm going to read the rest of the series now. Oh, good. Yeah. Well, I already have them downloaded. <laughs> I, I don't know. I was really bored. <laughs> I will say, I will say I did rush reading it because I needed to get it done before we recorded. Yeah. And I just, I was bad this weekend. Okay. But I don't really like the single dad thing. I get really bored by, oh, oh no, you got to parent your kid. How sad. So what about Lisa I... K. Adams, the first one then? Because they have the kids. Yeah, but it was different. They were younger. Okay. It wasn't, I don't know. I didn't, I just, the, like the drama's fine. I just was like, not my cup of tea sometimes. I really like that it was a teenage child. Yeah. Because you don't see that very often. I guess I wish maybe we'd had an answer for why the mom left. Mm, that would have been, been nice to wrap it up. Just like to closure it. Yeah. I don't. I don't know. I was just like, eh, whatever. It's fine. Fair enough. Like, That's fair enough. See, I, I really liked kids. it, and it made me laugh. And any book that makes me laugh and then cry, I'm like, you're an automatic five stars. And maybe I would have liked it, but I actually read it slower. But I'm also just like, okay, guys. Like, she had she sped read sped read speed read sped read. I don't know. It was the last book I had to to finish before this, and I finished it five minutes before we started. Yeah. So. Yeah, this is true. Oops. I do have one question for you. I love questions. Since we're debating what a cowboy actually is. In this book, Kane is a dairy farmer. Yeah. He works his family's dairy farm mm -hmm. in Oregon. He was a cattle rancher, so he had beef cattle in Texas, and he had a spread, and he rode right. horses, and he did all that sort of stuff. He's got the cowboy hat right. on the cover. I don't have it in front of me. There is a cowboy hat, and no, she's I, holding I saw it. it. That's a huge important and part. And they meet at a country western bar. Yeah. Well, he sees her at a country western bar. There's a mechanical bucking bull. Mm -hmm. That he's got a cowboy hat, and Allison's like, "Oh, he's so sexy in his cowboy boots and his Wranglers and his cowboy hat." Is this a cowboy romance? Because it's dairy farmer, not a cowboy. Well, that's fine because it's still ranch. Because we said that ranching was a thing, and like anything, like where you work the land. Okay. okay. Yeah, that counts. I just want to be sure. I mean, it's lightly cowboy. Yeah, it's not. A lot of the plot isn't focused around yeah. like that lifestyle. It's more focused around her bakery. I feel yeah. like. I mean, it's like it feels like the career is more of like a background thing for him, and I wonder if maybe it was more of a thing with his other brothers and mm. the other books. I'll, I will let you know that we do have this whole series has a lot of different tropes in it. So the one I'm most excited to read is X army and he inherits a ranch from yeah. one of his um, dead army friends. Sorry. I couldn't think of a sensible way to say that. Yeah, um, 
So I'm excited to read that one. And then we have a tattooed bad boy. So I'm excited to read that one too. <laughs> I don't know. It was just kind of colored lightly cowboy. Colored that was fine. I also, light cowboy. I would, if I had a cowboy genre list, I would still throw this under it on my cow, on my Goodreads. Okay. But, I think I did. Yeah. It's just like whatever. I don't know. I got through it. You're lukewarm. I lukewarm. loved it. I was lukewarm towards Beverly Jenkins, except for the fact that I know I should read more like this, yep. and you loved it. And then we both were like, oh my god, no, to Elizabeth Lowell. And I think that's a pretty good balancing. Okay. Sounds good. So after everything, Jen, how do you feel about cowboys and cowboy romance novels? I will say I do think Beverly Jenkins is opening my mind up to some possibilities. Okay. I'm still a little, like, it's not going to be the first thing I go for, probably. Yeah. I am really curious about the rest of... Uh, Jenkins's work though okay like I I kind of I don't know it was just it was such a cool take yeah it was it was a breath of fresh air yeah and again because I think sometimes I do have my book blinders on and I get stuck in my own little book habits oh yeah so yeah so to me cowboys were always like oh male glistening abs you're maybe gonna lose the farm whatever you're all dirty and dusty all the time but they but, take um, baths, as we saw. You just have to prime the pump first. It's true. <laughs> yeah. There's a euphemism for you. <laughs> but it was just a really cool kind of shakeup in okay. Beverly Jenkins. Good. So. Well, I'm glad I found one that you didn't hate. I liked it. And it's not that I hated the other one. I was just like, it's, I don't know, it's there. Okay. You know, it exists. So you read the rest of Beverly Jenkins. I'll read the rest okay. of Maisie Yates. I should read more of Beverly Jenkins. And uh, you can avoid Elizabeth Lowell. I think I'm still going to reread it for, like, mm-hmm. nostalgia purposes and then hate myself afterwards. I mean, I'm going to do that with all my favorites, so that's fair. And we should both admit that neither one of us have read The Cowboy Dragon yet. I want to. It's in it's in my Kindle Unlimited library. No, I just I haven't gotten to do. there. I have, like, seven cookbooks to read at home. That's probably what I'm going to do. Hey, Jackie. Hmm. What do ghost cowboys wear? <laughs> what? Boots. 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 Well, that's a great segue into next month. Jen, what are we reading next month? Paranormal. Can you tell who picked what month? (laughs) I just thought it would be fun. We haven't really done kind of like the spooky stuff yet outside of vampires. And that's not so spooky, but we're going to... I don't know about spooky. I don't know. It's interesting because, again, it was one of those things that was such a massive thing. Mm -hmm. It feels less big now. Yeah. I don't know if you'd agree with that. I don't know because I don't really read it. But are you going to let me read a ghost romance? Are we going to select a ghost romance? If I can find one. I don't know what we're going to read yet. I have to think about it. It's been a while even for me to to have read contemporary because there's – sorry, to have read like mainstream paranormal. There's a lot of Kindle Unlimited stuff. There's a lot of Kindle Unlimited. I feel like Kindle Unlimited is always a weird land. But just thinking of the stuff that gets published today, I'm seeing a lot of contemporary. I'm not seeing as many paranormal stuff. And I feel like the the paranormal stuff that does exist, the authors have gotten kind of weird. Mm-hmm. Like, Cheryl Kenyon, or Sherilyn Kenyon was always my go-to paranormal, and she's just got, like... She's got ghost pirates now. She's just got a crazy life. Yeah. Like, she's dealing with a lot of stuff. There's a lot of stuff with poor Sherilyn. Um, but, yeah, so next month, tune in. We're going to talk about paranormal. If you want to hear me tell a joke, two jokes, because it's Jen's turn to take the reins. Yeah, we'll see. Um, I'll try to come up with actual, like, ghost ones this time, we'll and not see. just weird Shakespeare puns. Uh-huh. Um, but yeah, so that will come out in July. Until then, we hope you guys have a safe start to your summer. Um, if you happen to be listening to us south of the, equ- of the Ecuador, <laughs> equator, then I hope you have a safe start to your winter. Beautiful. I don't think anybody is according to our don't stats, so. but whatever, I get to say it anyways. There you go. Because I'm in charge. <laughs> and I'm rambling at this point. So Jen, wrap it up, please. 
Well, Jackie, I think it's time. Rejoin! Bye, guys. Bye.